Planet Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Planet Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's chat it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch to elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's beneficial so we can get this kind of growth And get the future Generators wanna stop the whole thing But the message to this really we can start a post Taking in the simulator and getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibility to try to stop hypnosis Welcome to Shannon Down Radio where we deprogram from the deep program This is episode 177 uh, The website is ChannonDownRadio.com I'm Loomis, I'm your host This episode is take two of the episode I released earlier this week So... I'm titling this episode Effective right now, and this is part seven of the Understanding Rebellion mini-series, which uh, if you're unfamiliar with my show and how it works, I have sometimes mini-series that I'll come back to and talk about more. So this being part seven, there is other parts, you know, six other parts. You don't have to go to those other parts in this series of shows. Last episode I did was the Anunnaki Return, and that one is part of a giant mini-series called the Beyond Earth series, and I said, yeah, those ones, prerequisite is more so required. This one, no need, just hop right in. But go to the website, go to the series of shows page, where you can see all of them in order of the series of shows that I do. The reason why this is take two of the last episode I released earlier this week is this is the second version of this episode because some podcast feeds did not take the original episode and some did. And then mysteriously it disappeared from more feeds. And some people wrote me and this troubled me. First I, I changed the title. The title of the last episode was The Need to Stand Up. And I guess that just um, alarm, alarm bells went off. Um, and then so I changed it to The Need dot dot dot. Okay? And then nothing, and then it just started disappearing more. And the reason why, I think, anyway, is I, AI is searching for titles that are about rebellion. And I feel like I've, I've done way more controversial episodes, honestly, on this show that, that didn't get picked up. But I guess the title and the times right now. But why this episode is so potent is that it has a certain truth to it that I'll explain as we go along. So even if you listen to the last episode, this one is going to be different, partly because I can't duplicate many of my talks to the T anyway, because half of it's improv, half of it's just me talking about you know things, and, and, and the other half is my show notes. I'm so glad I kept the show notes. So this is take two. So take two, but it will be a different ride for you a little bit anyway, and it's still an effective message. Um, as long as it gets through the podcast feeds here, which is important, important to um, hopefully that it gets everywhere and you please share it. Um, evidently, it was effective, so I guess I'm, that's why I'm labeling it as a, a, effective. But um, anyway, um, 
This is a mini-series of shows where we deal with the study of rebellion in history and look at what it what does and doesn't work. And one thing we are not good at is destroying evil and tyranny as a, as a collective human species. Uh, it's always been in our lives. We've never been able to go get rid of these elites that have been, you know, passing the baton. Um, really, they've been behind the scenes the whole time. Uh, but let's say that the world is definitely out of practice. We've never needed uh, our generations you know, that are now alive to really mobilize like right now because we've had it pretty easy. And if you're in the West, you've never been backed into a corner like this by your own governments before. You may have never thought this would happen. And that's the thing that a lot of people you know, get caught up in is, oh, they would never do that. Well, here they are. They're doing it. So today we're going to explore what happens when things turn violent and when there is an appropriate response. And I want to be clear on today's show. I'm not promoting violence, and I wasn't in the last take of this show, but we are looking at rebellion as a whole today, and I am promoting the need to stand up for yourself. This series is an understanding of what types of re rebellion there is. And we've gone over different things in history on this little series of shows. And the question that is that I pose here in this episode is, when is the need for violent rebellion or is there ever a need, period? And it's a simple yet complicated answer. And so first, let me just tell you a little bit about me um, and who I am. I'm usually a pretty mellow person most of the time. I would say that I, I'm, I'm usually around a 1 or a 2 on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm usually right there. I'm not too much on edge. but And, and it really takes a lot for me to get past these numbers. But since 2020, lately, I'm flatlining around 3 to 5, I would say. About 3 to 5. Somewhere in there. I'm, I'm more on edge and I'm ready for somebody to speak up on this bullshit that is being peddled around lately and give them, you know, I'm always ready to, you know, give the truth. And that's not a relaxing way to be, but that's where I'm at. Now, if you get me to a 10, I'm a crazy warrior and uh, words will fail me and I'm physical and that's, you, you, that's a no-go zone, you know. And, you know, who knows, it must be that I have some, some Polynesian blood and that could be contributing to that, that warrior blood. Or maybe it's the Scottish in me or some, you know, um, some various things or it's, it's some of my temperaments I have. It's my makeup. Who knows? But I also came from a background of what I was saying is the 80s bully and the 90s gangster. You know, I was an 80s kid and a 90s teenager. So I grew up in those eras. And I was never an 80s bully, but those archetypes definitely existed. You know, walking down the hall and uh, getting false cracked, you know, when someone pretends to, fault, you know, punch you or, or you know, come at you uh, and you flinch or knocking someone's hat off. You know, people tested you, gave you nicknames. You know, it was rough. And, and that's just because these are older bully kids. And this is just the type of person that came out during those times before everybody got so sensitive. You know, um, Johnny from Karate Kid movies and now the Cobra Kai, Kai series was an, really a real depiction of that type of bully and actually got it down to the T, I would say. 
But what happened to them? You know, where's where's that type of person now? I know they're older, but where's that type of person that needs to be resurrected, but not against innocent people, but against tyranny? You know, bullies are usually bullies because someone's done it to them. But let's just cultivate that unafraid person. Let's just keep that in a bottle for a little while because we need that. You know, the badass, if you will. You know, what happened to the kids that brought brass knuckles and switchblades to school? That was, that was real. You know, that really, that was what it was like. I remember a metalhead that had a skull ring that had a spike on the skull's helmet. And he punched a kid in the face with it and it tore open the kid's cheek. You know, just an innocent kid. Uh, the guy got expelled. You know, yes, that's awful. But if that energy was directed at tyranny... The powers that shouldn't be would have a lot more to be afraid of because they don't realize the power of masses. You know, I went to school with kids that threw chairs out of windows. Um, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff happened in my schools. Uh, I went to rough schools, kids that brought guns to school, rifles. Uh, I remember a kid showed me his shotgun in his locker. You know, that stuff happened. This is before school shootings, you know. This is the kind of stuff I went to school with, or gangbangers that drove by real slow. And you hope you weren't uh, in front of them because, you know, with them behind you, you hope you weren't a victim. You, you heard the music, you don't look at them, you don't react to them in any way, and you just hope that they drive by and had better things to do than mess with you. But that's the kind of world that I grew up in. And so that's in my makeup, even though I was never a bully or a gangster. But when I get angry, that energy is in me somewhere and can be stirred up and possibly come out. But because I'm lately more edgy, flatlining around three to five, you know, I can dig into those archetypes from my background and use them as a tool. And so when I see things happening around the world, battling police, battling these draconian mandates and laws and, and this situation that makes everyone so angry, um, the taking of, of livelihoods because people don't want the shot, the bullying of the system, my instinctual reaction is to go physical. It riles me up. All of my influences of violence want to unleash on them, you know, and that's just in my head, right? But that, but I'm also glad that I don't just be a reactive person like that. And you don't want to be. But, so I'm not just some big lug, you know, loose cannon out there. I've been able to go through many increases of consciousness and learning a larger picture. So I'm not just a guy walking around with just that, right? Or I wouldn't even deal with it, doing this radio show. But instead, use that type of mentality as a tool. Pick it up, use it, put it back. All right? So, but what happened to the 80s bully, the 90s gangster, the badass metalheads, the, the tough mentality that would scare authority, that, raw, that, that, that fuck authority uh, mentality? What happened to it all, that raw time period of when people were physical? Well, um, testosterone went down. That's one thing. I mean, here's a study. A, st a study on a, lar a large sample of American men found that the average testosterone level has been dropping by as much as 1% per year. Testosterone levels lower naturally with age, but this study found that a 65-year-old man in 1987 had 17% more testosterone than a 65-year-old man in 2004. So you see, 
things are going down. And, and of course, a 65-year-old man already has depleted testosterone, right? It just naturally happens. But that's just one of the many studies to show you that testosterone has been dropping. Um, in, and I don't want to get too much into that today because that could be almost an episode on its own. You know, I've even considered it. But that's not what today's talk is about. But we could speculate on why. You know, is it in the food? Is it in the water? Is it in the air? Probably all. Um, could it be frequencies? Could it be that man is no longer allowed to be a man in society, especially in these big cities, right? And and why would they target and destroy testosterone? Well, it's very simple because the man in history is the biggest threat to the powers that shouldn't be. The man is the one that's going to rise and put a stop to tyranny. Not to say that women can't do damage too, and there is nothing like an angry mama bear ready to fight for her children and ready to, you know, that that's a great energy also, but testosterone and, you know, um, raw physical energy destroys tyranny physically, right? Not being sexist, but it's, it's, it's about that hormone. Sorry if it's, it's just the way it's, you know, blaming on genetics. That's just how it is. So, that's that, and I shouldn't even be thinking that way because testosterone is what we need in this world, you know. So tying this into what I asked earlier, when is the need for a violent revolution, or let's say, when is the need for a violent recourse? Better way to put it. I've been to many protests in my years of activism, um, and I've been to many lectures. I've been to many events. I consider myself kind of a veteran of activism. I've held events. Um, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. And uh, out of all the protests I've been to in the last 20 years, thing that I protested against has actually happened. And I mean, as far as, you know, one thing has changed. It, except when I went to a legalized marijuana rally and, well, it helped it get medically legal here in Hawaii, maybe, but I don't even think that's how that happened. But we still don't have recreational here, and Hawaii is one of the biggest weed-smoking states there is, and it's still not legal because we have a ridiculous government here. But anyway, look look at all the effort with the Occupy movement. Nothing happened at all. Nothing. So in other words, holding signs at protests doesn't do shit. And I'm not trying to offend anyone going to the protests right now. I go to them too. And I'm not trying to offend you in any way. Don't take this the wrong way. I like being part of standing up for what's right. I like the energy of these, these events. I like the response lately in Hawaii. It's showing some strength. It's showing a bigger movement. And I like that people are showing up more and more in mass. You know, families. These aren't just like, you know, rogue people. These are, you know, real people. And it's great to see that you're not alone when you go to these places. You feel like, oh, I'm not alone. It's good. But I know it doesn't matter if I attend them or not because nothing is going to change from holding signs and being there. You know, the hopes is that passers-by will see the signs and get aware and realize, hey, there's more going on or, you know, start to wake up. But also, by the way, one thing that really does not work and I said this too in the last take, is when people have political flags like Trump flags, it only makes passersby think it's about that. And if they hated Trump, then they won't be attracted to the message and they automatically sh shut off. So once politics get in there, it polarizes. 
I don't care if you like him or hate him. It's time to reach out as many as to as many people as possible and not alienate. And anyway, people peaceful protests and marches, they don't work. You know, they don't. Sounds horrible to say, but sorry, doesn't work. Doesn't work. Voting, laughable at this point. Come on, you know. And even here in Hawaii, we have Mauna Kea. Mauna Kea is uh, a, the tallest mountain in Hawaii, and they're going to put a giant telescope on the top of it, sacred land to Hawaiians. Yeah, there's already eight structures up there, but it really upset the native Hawaiian community, and they were really getting angry about it, and a lot of uh, protests. They even camped, had a base camp on the mountain, and, you know, they weren't leaving. And great, I wish people were as pass as passionate about that as they were what's going on right now. I mean, we're increasing passion, but it sure isn't matching that yet. But anyway, what what happened? What's why did it stop? COVID. That's it. Not because it was a success. In fact, they're thinking it's still doing it. So, um, protests do, do not do anything. But threat and force does scare them. When you show them some teeth, real action scares them. But then also it allows government to give the excuse to use brutal martial law tactics. And it gives the excuse to pull out their real weapons. And that's very important to consider here. So this has to be thought out well. Otherwise it gets messy and you don't want to go there. Trust me. Uh, and it gives them an excuse. We can't let that happen either because then they end up, you know, you know, causing a worse problem and, and, and yeah, no. So, um, you got to be careful. You got to have a plan. Something else that's proven itself to be a hoax is definitely where, what happened to all the crazy mass shooters? You know, if people are willing to shoot up a school or university movie theaters, there was that gay bar shooting or a mosque in New Zealand or a concert from a hotel in Vegas and then commit suicide, right? Why haven't they done this regarding the, the mandates and restrictions of COVID and all this enforces, enforcing coming in? Where are they now? And the reason why, they were, these were done by Manchurian candidate-style people, you know, or complete government ops, people that were hired for the job, mercenaries, who knows? You know, we don't know the exact answer, but they, you know, the... These may have been real and some even staged, but it, it was all in plans to disarm citizens. It had an agenda behind it to uh, disarm Americans and other people too. And notice the, the real people, the real people don't do these things because they have a conscience and they have much more to live for. You know, real people don't go shooting innocent people like that. Unfortunately, good, real people never do anything radical and they wait Till they're cornered in, into a spot, and it's all reaction from there. And and the good people are the ones that are are being victims as the governments move sw swiftly with these mandates, and that's got to be stopped. So let's talk about the self-defense principle. It's real simple. Truth is always simple, and it's real. It's straightforward. If you have a deadly threat, if you have a threat of deadly force then you can use deadly force against the attacker that's doing it to you, you know? And it's, and it's just universal. I mean, the indigenous peoples, they had spears. 
Yes, they had spears for hunting and warding off animals and bows and arrows, but they also had that to defend themselves too. You know, there was no indigenous people that did not have those things, you know. So the question is, where do we draw the line and when is enough enough? I think in Australia right now, it's time for the people to actually do something. You know, they're being bullied beyond belief. It's been taken way too far. In Melbourne, especially, um, or we can call it Hellburn right now. That's what's happening there. Melbourne. It, it's really bad. And it's bad there. And you can go, oh, God, that's bad. Those people, poor people over there. It's coming to you too. It'll come to you in some way or another. It might be a little trickier with America itself uh, if you're an American listening because, well, it's armed. But still, that's what they want worldwide. A must in this fight is to understand the self-defense principle, though. It's very important. If someone is threatening your life with deadly force, then you have the full right to use it back at them. End of story. That's it. It's, it's a universal, natural law. So let's look at today's situation. Is deadly force being used against you? Well, not quite yet. We're not quite there exactly. But if they mandate the vaccine um, and pin you down and make you take it, then yes. But think of how crazy this is for a minute. Just think about this. I mean, this is just something I've been thinking about lately. The people that never love you normally and make you pay their taxes, the government, what I mean is what I mean, suddenly care about you so much and they want you to be healthy, and their version of health. They care about you so much that they'll forcefully pin you on the ground to jab you or, or not. They'll beat you with a baton or spray mace in your face. Or take your kids from you? That's because they care about your health? What? Try giving me a shot. You get shot. End of story. That's it. Is deadly force being used against you in, if you're in Australia right now? If they keep you in your house without being able to work and destroy your livelihood and you get kicked out on the streets and starve, it's it's bullying, and, and it's going to be deadly if you can't even get in a store and buy food. So they have you hostage. But is a violent revolution necessary? Well, it's getting closer because they're getting closer to letting us use the self-defense principle. But not without a plan. Not without a plan. And let's not forget, when these things happen, when people get when, – when shit really hits the fan right now – there's a turd, and it's hitting the fan blades just now, and there's little speckles of shit on the white wall. But when that goes all the way into those fan blades and it splatters everywhere, it's messy. And let's not forget, when these things happen, we lose our path, we lose our reason for wanting to rebel, and it can get real, real messy, and we become like the people we're fighting against. And we, we cannot... Do that. Remember that the idea of acknowledging that we are being treated unfairly came from consciousness and awareness. It came from good things. You, you were a nice person once, 
that wanted freedom for you and your family. You just wanted to be left alone and do your thing, right? Then you got angered and it went to level 10. So, you know, yes, what we really need on this planet is a change of heart. And we can't forget this. Planet Earth needs a change of heart. We can't lose sight of that before battle because our end game is planet Earth needs a change of heart. That's what we want. Even if people don't know that's what they want, that's what we want. And these assholes, aren't, they're not going to change their hearts. They don't have any. They're like frozen. They're like need to be thought out. And it's, soul, it's a soulless force you're against. A consciousness change on the planet is a must though. And it, it's a must. So if it gets violent, remember, things really get out of hand when things get violent. Um, remember times when you lost your temper and you acted out of anger, things, times like that, then, then you did something or said something that you totally regret, like, shit, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You can't take that back when you dive into a violent revolution, you know? Um, and yes, you, you, even if you are in self-defense mode and you, and you take someone's life, that's on you for the rest of your life. Even if it's totally warranted and it's fine because you you were still in natural law, you did not you're not gonna sleep well for a long time. So just remember when things get out of hand, you know, it, it gets real crazy. Um to defend yourself is a mode that you need to have on hand. But you need to be able to have an on-off switch so you can go back to normal. And we're all out of practice there. We're, you know, unless you grew up fighting all the time on the streets or something, most of us are out of practice. You know, even to me, you know, even having what sounds like what I described to you, a rough childhood, is actually was pretty normal in the 80s and 90s, if I remember, you know, with most people, a lot of people. Yeah, so I went to a ghetto school, but yes, yeah. But let's, 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 um, Let's talk on an approach I've seen and been witness to, um, and this will circle back to the bigger talk, but I want to cover something else here too, and this is the study of rebellion, so we are talking about it, and so I went to a lecture once, and this was in 2002, I think, around there, you know, and this is when I was hanging out with some anarchists that I've made friends with, and I, remember, I, I wish I remember the guy's name that was speaking at this lecture. This was like in a, you know, a windowless room. Um, and anyway, there, there were definitely things that I never quite was on board with hanging out with this crowd, by the way. Um, and I'll get into that in a minute. But none of us liked government and knew that it was wrong. And I stand with them on that because, you know, we found that common ground. Uh, so this lecture, I can't even remember the guy's name. But anyway, apparently the rumor was he's being... Um, hunted and surveyed down by the FBI. And many, many people actually thought the FBI was secretly undercover during this lecture, and they probably were, because this guy would be considered a terrorist in, in this particular time. This is right after 9-11. But this guy was saying that there is a need for action and violence, and it has its purpose. And he pointed out what doesn't work, like I did. That he pointed out how scared the authorities are when people actually rise in action because this is something that they don't normally expect out of society. 
And mainly what he was talking about, though, was property destruction but and, and how much more effective action is to protesting. And that's what I remember from this lecture, maybe, mainly, is just that, um, you know, that, those, those particular points. It was kind of crazy because I remember in the audience there was this guy, a uh, couple people like, you know, in the Q&A session of this lecture, well, this guy was like, well, what if we uh, blew up a train, you know, blew up a train track so we stopped the production of, of the trains coming in here? And another guy was like, yeah, you know, if we uh, you know, all uh, got on hills and were snipers, and it really went, like, kind of crazy. Like, these guys are, like, trying to think of – and even the lecturer was like, yeah, you guys are a little bit, you know. He wasn't putting them down, but basically, like, you guys are not really thinking this through. But the angle that this group of people were coming from was – the Earth Liberation Front and Green Anarchy, you know, and maybe you're familiar with it, maybe you're not. Um, anarchy in general is absence of rulers, no rulers. So all anarchists come, but there are different anarchists for different reasons, right? So fighting for the planet, this is what these people were about. Stopping the destruction of the planet, fighting for the animals and the trees because big corporations and government think they are dominion over the natural world and that the dollar matters more than an ecosystem and that's really an important angle to this fight fighting for the land base that we live on because it's insanity to think that we should live that way on planet earth and prioritize over the natural world uh, it, fighting for the environment that is being ignored is basically what these guys are talking about so so big industry can run amok and prioritize economy and you know anyways uh, over the ecosystem so basically we need to act now against civilization is the big message and f from destroying the planet basically and i too bring that on my general message here on the show from time to time if you've maybe noticed because it is important and and you might notice that a, a, a lot of my play places as a kid are housing developments inst instead of nature now so i i also get on that and it is important but a very impossible fight, even more than beating these global elites in their plan right now, because everyone is living a way that they can't find an alternative. So it's kind of like we're stuck, you know. But anyway, so uh, I, I do get off on my tangents. So the Earth Liberation Front, if you're not if you if not known that much about it, there's also the Animal Liberation Front (ALF), ELF, and ALF. They're, they're leaderless, anonymous groups who operate in independent cells, but responsible for uh, burning down large mansions that were built into wilderness areas, destroying, I remember they destroyed an expanding ski resort, uh, burning down SUVs, destroying logging equipment, camping in trees to stop logging, and releasing caged animals into the wild. And never has there been any casualties. And, you know, um, so... Here's a quote from one of the anonymous members. Uh, he says, The ELF does not engage in state-sanctioned tactics or those which physically harm people or life in general due to the group's belief that economic sabotage is the best, most direct way to take the profit motive out of destroying the planet. Um, and then Craig Rosenbroff, he's a former ELF spokesman, so he's actually someone who spoke up about this group. This is in October 2001, similar time to this uh, lecture I'm talking about. 
He says, if the U.S. government is truly concerned with eradicating terrorism in the world, then th that effort must begin with abolishing U.S. imperialism. Members of this governing body, both in the House and the Senate, as well as those who hold positions in the executive branch, constitute the largest group of terrorists and terrorist representatives currently threatening life on this planet. And I agree that U.S. imperialism is a big problem, but particularly imperialism in general is a problem, whether it's U.S., Russia, or China, or wherever, right? But here's my, my quick critique on, with this group, is I agree with, uh, you know, saving the planet, you know, and the, um, but the, the vast majority of entities threatening the planet are large corporations and the military who are funded by and working for the same elites that are destroying our freedom on this planet. You know, and they are not chanting down government-funded science at universities regarding in environmental studies and problems. Yet they are anarchists, but they still are trusting university, universities as if they're not co-opted and that they're not co-opted by places, you know, like the, the United Nations or um, groups like the United Nations and stuff. They don't realize that climate change and its propaganda are being spun by the Club of Rome, United Nations, and so, and they also cling close to Marxism. So those are the things that I don't like. But so the whole time I, I hung out with these anarchists, I was always thinking in my head like, well, okay, I agree with some things, but how do I show them, you know, the knowledge I already had at the time of geopolitics? Uh, the plans of the elite, who the elite are, their far-reaching mind control, and their agendas. You know, it was it was like I had the puzzle piece in my hand that didn't quite fit in the puzzle. But that was my main issue, and it is that they need to understand these people that the big picture regarding who runs things and where some of their ideology may have come from that is coming from the same elites. But I couldn't deny that they were right about saving the planet from destruction, at least in some ways. And the problem is. Good luck winning the fight and good luck bridging the idea to the average person out there that destroying, you know, these things is a message to get people to pay attention and alert the general public of serious environmental collapse because they won't be able to do that because they're not their brains aren't set up that way. But one thing I can say circling back to the bigger talk is they were not afraid to do action. They were not afraid, and maybe we can learn from that in ways. Another way to look at it is if you can take down this government structure with little or no casualties, that's the way for it to crash down on itself, you know, implode on itself and take as little or no life if possible. You know, we need to take down this current way, this current uh, control grid. It's a must, but there has to be a plan. You can't just go at it. And you have to have take out the media before you do anything like that. Because when you bum rush a place or do action or fight back physically, they're just going to say you're a right-wing supremacist group or some terrorist cell or some name that makes people associate you with the worst types of people in the world. And in, in reality, of course, that's never the case. It's always a mix of opinions and and races that are against this, you know, it's not one thing or the other. And with against this current tyranny right now, it's a mix of many backgrounds. But they, the media will play it off as the wrong thing to the systemites 
who still trust their brainwashing TV and brainwashers. So somehow the media must be shut off. Their transmission must be blacked out. It must be eliminated in order if people are going to properly get the truth out. You know, and like I keep saying, we are out of practice from fighting tyranny. You have to have a plan before you go and get active. You can't just go at it, you know, and just think you're going to win that the way that people are doing it. You know, if you want to take down a government, what happens when you do that? Where's what's the plan then, you know? And so people don't haven't even thought of like, oh, what are they going to put in place, you know? So there, there is a lot of wrong ways to react, you know, and it's easy to react out of anger. Trust me, every day I think about it, especially when I watch videos on uh, on tyranny, uh, videos showing horrible things happening all over the world on Telegram and Instagram and stuff like that. I'm I'm on Telegram, by the way. I've never posted anything. Um, I am on Instagram. I think it's called Chant It Down on Instagram. I barely go on either as far as posting. And I, I just don't, you know, I, sh I should, but I don't, you know. Um, but the best thing is non-compliance. Instead of everybody protesting and putting all that energy there, how about none of these people comply? Large amounts of people just not complying. Keep your businesses open. Everybody stop wearing masks. No, but nobody follow any, just act like life is normal if that's possible. But then again... Some places that may not work if you're the minority. You know, I know that wouldn't work here because Hawaii is largely compliant and I'm outnumbered. We're outnumbered here, you know. Um, if we did that, we'd just all end up being probably arrested or got lots of fines. But in most places, they can't do shit if the masses are not participating. And uh, I, it works better, uh, in a lot of European nations, it seems, you know, in France, I saw a video of these police, um, trying to stop the unvaccinated from getting into a mall, but there was too many people and they basically, they cornered, they basically, everybody came in and cornered the police and, um, the police knew they were outnumbered and, it's like you could just see that they were totally overwhelmed and they could do nothing against thousands of people. And they weren't being violent. They just came in and they're like, we can be here too. And it made me happy. It actually made me almost want to cry in some weird way. I was just like so happy. You know when you get there and you're just like, oh, that looks like it works. These situations work, but you need a lot of people. And you need a lot of people not to be afraid. Yeah, Europe is more practice at this stuff than the Western countries. Even the police in places like Italy are joining the crowds, you know. Or I, I've seen those videos of people eating in masses in front of restaurants that ban the unvaccinated, you know. Now, going back to Down Under in Melbourne and, well, Australia as a whole, it's mostly the trade workers that are, are going up against the police. And, wow, you know, trade workers are usually the, some of the biggest – uh, strongest kind of people that come out of society, you know, and that strength needs to be put to something to scare the shit out of them, show them teeth, show them something, because 
I have to say, I did like the video where they plow through the police. It was almost like a game of football. It made, it made me excited. It's like watching a sporting event, but then at the end of the day, nothing really got done. People got hurt, and there, there was not a plan. It's, it's reaction rather than having a plan. It's reacting to, you know, and, and that's where we've been the whole time, is we've been just reacting to whatever they throw at us. And I gave the analogy in the first take of this show of a movie in the last take um, of the show of um, how if a character never does any th action and is always just reacting to everything, it gets very dull for the viewer because the main character drives the, the movie uh, or the script. So that's why there are very few movies that exist where someone's always reacting that way because it's not exciting when the main character takes control and turns the ship around, that's where you're on board with them, you know? And that's what humanity needs to do. But, you know, just to say, uh, uh, the trade workers in uh, everywhere, but in Australia, I mean, you know you know how to shut off water and electricity. Maybe, maybe they need to flood the parliament buildings and turn off their electricity or s figure out a way to flow sewage into their buildings. You know, get more creative, you know? Really, like, you know, start, start like threatening the infrastructure because you can, you know, and it's not an easy fix. I don't have all the answers, guys. I really don't. And I don't mean to sound like an armchair quarterback. You know, I, I, I've been to many protests and, and I just see what doesn't work. I've been there, but I'm realizing that without a plan, you know, um, not much, everything just falls flat. Um, I, I, I was also I, – I, I told this story on the last one. I thought I'd tell it again too. Um, I also was traveling. I was living on the West Coast and I was doing some music stuff traveling. And I went through the town of Eugene, Oregon. And I went to a house party. And this place went wild. This is in the late 90s. I think it started because the University of Oregon, they lost their game. And people were drunk, and they just decided to take it out on things. I don't know. It, com it comp everything compounded into this crazy night. And so this was on a corner. This house was on a corner, and in the middle of the intersection there, it was a quiet road, but it had a um, roundabout, medium strip kind of thing. And so um, they put a couch there and set it on fire. Then they kept throwing more objects. People just started throwing objects, and it became this blazing inferno of random junk that people just started throwing. People were throwing beer bottles in the street. It just turned into this this crazy thing. Anyway, it was it was crazy to watch. The cops showed up, and they dispensed their tear gas. I think they fired rubber bullets. The crowd didn't care. The crowd, maybe because they were drunk, I don't know. But some of the rioters set stuff in a big dumpster on fire and and they 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 pushed it you know using it as a shield from the tear gas canisters and stuff and rubber bullets at the police and the police fled because a burning dumpster was running toward them they weren't afraid you know i didn't stick around to see what happened after that because the tear gas started to get to me and we were out of there but um i didn't want to get arrested just for being there you know as a spectator but they were not afraid. They, yeah, their cause was completely pointless. There was no plan. 
but they were not afraid. And that was in the 90s. Something definitely was taken from the people. Testosterone. Or maybe the introduction of smartphones on our bodies all the time. Or something happened to people where they don't have that anymore. But they did back then. But, you know, going back to talking about Australia, I mean, if you're going to go head and have no choice but to have to battle these thug police, at least wear face shields and padding, you know, or something, you know, keep your eyes from getting the mace. I mean, you know, if it, if it comes down to a street battle, and, and that's all you have is an option. But seriously, I mean, you know, it's not going to get much done. I mean, I suppose, I suppose you can, if you got to defend yourself, though, chainsaws, shovels, rakes, and anything can become a weapon if you need to defend yourself. I mean... These trade workers could definitely whoop most of these cops. Seems like those cops are weaklings compared to these trade workers, seriously. You know, and I often think about I, I was I often think about this. It's just like a fantasy that plays through my head here and there. You know, what what if you had the ability to bring warriors from the past to this time right now? Like maybe like um, create yourself an army time traveling to here of Hawaiian or Maori warriors or people from like Braveheart movie or something like that. They, they'd be looking at our enemies and going, you're afraid of these guys, these weak specimens. They'd be like, what? Let's go. Let's get them. You know, even though they probably wouldn't know about projectile weapons as much, but you know, I mean, these, look at them, look at these people. We don't like these, these dictator governors, like um, our governor Green or, or Ige, I mean, uh, or President Biden or uh, Elliot Trudeau or Dan Andrews or Gavin Newsom. I mean, these guys could get their asses kicked. Actually, I heard that um, dictator Dan, Dan Andrews, was pushed down a staircase um, not so far back. Yeah, when he was all injured, someone actually did that. You know, so, but... Um, the warriors would just be like, what are you waiting for? What, these are your attackers? You know, uh, I mean, you know, we, we've lost testosterone. But remember, too, that 3% of the population fought in the American Revolution and won. Um, the Maoris were never beat by the British. They excelled at their trench warfare, and that's why they signed the Treaty of Waitangi. I mean, David beat Goliath. There was William Wallace. You know, we're just out of practice. And so when it comes down to it, they just get really intimidated when people actually have an effective rise and mobilize. You don't even have to necessarily get violent. But if people actually rise and with a plan, they're scared of that. That's why this episode was obviously taken off the first time. And who knows if it will exist again. Who knows? Um, when I was a kid, I used to play this funny game with my, my cousins. It was called Ninja Saboteur. No, Ninja Sabotagers. And we didn't really understand it at the time. We, you know, we were just kids. But we thought if we sabotage things from the bad guys and be sneaky, we were winning some war. You know, it was just fun imagination play. We pretended we had explosives and we'd blow up bridges and we were, you know, just kids. But when I look back now, that's another skill people need to hone in on is ninja skills. Sneaky, 
you know, ninja missions. We have to be smart and sneaky, you know, and you can take that in, in many ways. And that's, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But just saying, you know, like if, if, if we have to be cunning, you got to be cunning. You got to be a ninja. You got to do some other things. You got to go where the energy they don't think is going to go. And let's look at this also. Very important before anybody decides to mobilize and do something crazy at all, because I'm not promoting violence here at all. But let's, you know, I'm just before real shit hits the fan. They've been preparing for a violent rise in humanity. It's almost like they're mocking us on purpose. Uh, Jen Saki, the spokesperson for the White House, slipped out the word pandemic. They're mocking us. They're doing this on purpose. I mean, it's, it's obvious that they're doing this. Like, uh, you have authorities having bigger guard, gatherings than, than we can attend and not wearing masks like Barack Obama, like, like uh, Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi and all these different people that are, that are um, you know, these are rules for, for thee but not for me kind of thing. You know, they're... They're taunting us with their, their threats, too, if you noticed. I mean, Costco and Walmart can be as crowded as they like, but the small mom and pop shop is, is shut down due to COVID. You know, you can't have small crowds in there. I mean, look at Klaus Schwab wearing an outfit that looks like it's straight out of Star Wars. He's actually dressed like the Emperor, except he just doesn't have a cloak over his head. I mean, it's, when I first time I saw the picture, I thought someone photoshopped his head on the Emperor's body. And then, no, that's actually what he's wearing. But that's just to show you. They're just rubbing it in our faces. So you know that they are prepared for a backlash. You don't, you don't think they included that in their plans? You don't think they thought we should – we thought everyone would be compliant in, our, in losing their freedoms. You know, Of course they know that there's going to be a backlash. And so you have to know that they know that. And this whole time, they've been two to three steps – ahead of all of us. So, you know, we're just out of practice and dull. I mean, in any other time in history, except from for post-World War II to now, uh, basically since they put TVs in everyone's living room and stuff like that, society would have been sharp enough to identify this stuff moving in our lives and would have, you know, would have formed a defense to get it out of our lives. They would have went to action. You know, and if, if, and it, it, when everyone was brushed upon the Constitution and they followed that carefully, they would have formed a militia to oust the powers of the federal government. And that's our right. That's what we're supposed to do as armed citizens in the United States is form a militia. The problem is if we've, we've been divided on purpose. We've been complete, completely divided. Um, so people even hear the Constitution, they think it's some right-wing thing. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, for any country and, and all that, but it is a right we have. I mean, the American Militia Association says it supports we the people, the true sovereign rulers of the United States, who constitute the body of the militia, as it was well understood to be defined by the founders of the Constitution. We are bound by law to educate and arm you with the tools necessary to protect and defend your rights against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Notice domestic. 
The power is supposed to be in the people, not the government. And that's what the United States is supposed to be. You know, it was a means to enable citizens not to protect themselves against their fellows, but also particularly for the anti-federalists to protect themselves from an oppressive government. So the whole original idea of America was to be free of tyranny. And yes, that didn't last too long at all because many of those same people did what the federal government is doing to us now to the Native Americans back then. And yes, there were shades of gray regarding circumstances, and we can't just look at it black and white like that. But um, the idea of forming a militia was good, you know. And if it if it's hard for you to visualize that, you know, just go back to a family or a tribe. If if some outside threat is threatening your tribe, then you're going to get your best warriors together to oust that threat. It's that simple. The important thing to know right now, though, is to know your enemy. If, if people are going to mobilize and, you know, start trying to fight back this tyranny physically even, the important thing to, knew, to know is your enemy. Because the right and the left, they watch fucking TV and they have blinders on about who the enemy really is. They really don't know. You know, they think it's each other. Then, but both of those parties have been used by this dark force at the top of the pyramid. And in recent years, the conservatives have become more aware of the globalists, which is a good thing, you know, even though I'm not on any side in in calling it the deep state and and people are learning fast and, and that's great. But let's not forget that the right and the left of the past is also not the same right and the left. They've Many people have swapped sides, and these sides have changed in what they stand for over time, even though the media makes it look like it's just been this these two sides that have been the same the whole time. They have not, you know? Uh, many agendas have changed, and many people are on these sides for different reasons. But we are dealing with a plan that goes extreme, and a lot of people don't realize this. You know, a lot of people that are against, even these globalists are still taking the backs just because they think that um, they can get back to life sooner. They're still nor- normal people. They're, they're still all about normal life. You know, we're, we're dealing with a really extreme plan, a really well thought out plan, and all the conspiracy researchers are right the whole time. It goes deep. And it's not just the Democrats or leftists, but it was also the right wingers too you know, after 9-11. So this is, these sides have been used. You know, both sides are garbage and both sides are pacified, but they need to realize that they're fighting the same thing. Not enough people know the depth of their enemies. Your enemy is government, media, and, and their minions, police and military, who think they are in allegiance with really a different force than they are really serving. They think they're doing the right thing, but they are becoming your enemy. And the, this force is what is driving the agenda behind them. This, this force is the real globalist bankers and dark magicians and secret societies and round table groups and who knows what at the top of the pyramid. And if we're going to a physical battle, you better have a plan, you know? You better, you better really be well-researched because they do. They have a plan. 
and they've been steps ahead of you the whole time. And so a lot of people don't realize how far-reaching this really is. But coming back to what I said in the beginning, they are scared when large forces mobilize, you know, make power moves and show them who's boss. That freaks them out. And that's why evidently this episode take two, episode take one was so effective because it scares AI. You know, they don't want that out there. The big hope is that the military and the police will turn to protect the people and not the state and, you know, realize that this isn't right. It only takes like five minutes of research, but because people don't critically think, I wouldn't hold your breath. But I can tell you that America is not ready for a battle that could be heavily armed against troops. And even though America is heavily armed, I don't think people realize how to practice they are from that. And they're not quite ready for that. You know, too many people are, are comfortable and complacent and they're really not standing up as much as they should be. And they should have been for a long time because they don't know the depth of this, of this thing, the depth. That's why I'm saying, if you're my age or older, you got to revive that spirit from the 80s and the 90s. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset you need as a tool, that badass, that, that you know, m- more testosterone-backed attitude. But also go back to consciousness because you need consciousness that's that's where the change needs to come from. So it's a tool, but keep consciousness there too. I don't have all the answers. I'm in this just like you, no privilege, but I have been able to, um, you know, put a lot of things together over the years and kind of get the general idea that um, what people have been doing in the past to try to change things hardly works and usually doesn't work at all. So, but we must be ready here. You know, we must work in solidarity. I don't, I don't care what type of activist you are or what background you come from. This is the fight of fights. This, if, if you think it's bad now and you keep letting this happen, we're going to have any freedom left or any room to fight. So it's time now. It's been time. It's not about right-wing fascists. It's not about left-wing con- communists. It's, a, it's not about any sort of political-driven thing. It, it's about freedom on this planet and being able to get to somewhere where we can thrive as a human species and not be treated like trash. You know, it's, it's more than all that. It's a global domination that has infiltrated all the aspects of organized society. It's infiltrated minds. And we now, and, and we need to, now is the time to act. And it's, it's more than time to stand up for yourself. And it needs to happen immediately. It requires all of us. Our differences have to be put down. I mean, you know, uh, really, we're all fighting the same thing that, Honestly, the same force behind the New World Order is the same anti-human force that is behind all, or, or most at least, of the problems that are in our life. It's because we've been being run by psychopaths. And that's why it's important to get an eclectic bunch of sources about the truth to understand that it's a huge woven tapestry in our lives. So I'm happy to be able to 
do this again in a way because um, it's probably a better episode than I did before just because I'm able to get out uh, a few extra points here and hammer down that I'm not promoting violence, okay? So this show isn't doing that, but we're looking at what doesn't work and as they push toward us and bully us, humans have got to do more than what they've ever done to try to stop this 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 uh, tyranny coming in our lives, you know, and really understanding what it is to chant down all the main major streams of mind control that are flowing through your head. Because um, trust me, the media has got people really good. But yeah, if you like this episode, share the show. This is one episode of many. Um, you know, I cover a wide variety of sources. Look at last episode, it was totally on something else about uh, ancient Anunnaki, but it's all related. It's all connected and, and, and it's all, you know, one huge big woven tapestry. Um, so if you like the show, share it, uh, subscribe on podcast feeds, help get the show out. It's a small show. Um, thank you all of you for listening. If you want to support me as an, as a, podcaster help donate um i'm an artist an ex-hip-hop artist i do have an album for sale you can buy that at my website chanitdownradio.com and if you want to get a hold of me any guest suggestions uh any uh subjects you'd like covered on on Channel down radio it's people beyond this at gmail.com i may not get back to you right away but i'll be getting back to you much love you guys be a warrior not a worrier, and, uh, you know, just be vigilant in these times. Much love. Don't worry. Keep clinging to spiritual things, prayer. There's so much more than the physical side of things. This is just one episode covering that. Much love. Guys.